TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Way back and gone. Touch them all. It's Touch Them All. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying Touch Them All. It is Touch Them All on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch. It's easy. It's all at Score North. I'm Rami Makloff along with Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore, our Twins reporter here at Score North. You can read his work at scorenorth.com as well. And a lot like what just happened on Purple Daily, I don't think this show is going to go quite as planned because we had a topic on the table to start the show with, but you guys started bickering over Craig Kimbrell before we even turned on the microphones. I was like, you guys seem pretty fired up about this maybe maybe this is where we start the show and it was right. uh it was an article at the athletic from our friend dan hayes who uh proposed that maybe if if the free agent market continues to cool off the twins could make a play for craig kimbrell the uh the former braves and red sox reliever who of course won a world series last year so my question to you guys is, what does Craig Kimbrell do for the Twins? If he was to end up in a Twins uniform at Target Field, what, Phil, does Craig Kimbrell do for the Minnesota Twins? So uh, I love that this conversation has started with, like, Derek. Derek's take before the show yeah. was, and I, I, I didn't write it down, but it was something like, <laughs> it was something like, like, Craig Kimbrell is going to be the most overpaid free agent on the market. And, and I said, I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, in fact... I would even even if that was the case, I could I could maybe live with that. And then I think like from that point forward, the last two hours, it's been sharpening our pencils. Of, yes, there's so I got I got my boxing gloves actually, and I tape my knuckles, so I'm actually ready to go on this. I do want to just in my defense here before we get too far off the kind rails. Of touch gloves and back yeah, to your respective right, quarters. Right. And then Scona. What does a nerdy baseball fight look like? <laughs> Do I throw my pocket protector at Derek? Here? Also, could you skip the part where you say weighing in at? Can we just fast forward to, to the intros? I will say uh, that saying that in Phil's office earlier today was one of those things that I say to get him going a little bit. Not that I'm backing down from that. I think Craig Kimball would be a bad bid for the twins, but I, I kind of flew off the top rope, maybe a little quickly saying he'll be the most overpaid free agent. I do think he'll be the most overpaid relief pitcher this winter. Okay. So if we can maybe frame that in, to give a little bit more You're context. You're backing off of it a little no, bit. No, 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 you, no. I mean, I'm still going to fight him here. I, look I, at my see, knuckles. I was, I was just going to say, I think Derek and Phil should just have a fight. Yeah, I'm not walking right this back. Untouch them all. No, I'm not walking this back. Like we're, I'm ready to go, but I'm just saying, it's not It's not that uh, I think Craig Kimbrell's going to be the worst signing for anybody. I'm just here to argue that the Twins shouldn't sign it. Okay, okay, Phil. So, <laughs> yes. So here's here's let me let me lay out my Craig Kimbrell stance right oh, now. I'm already and heated. then and then the room, Manny Hill, Rami Maclove, Derek Wetmore. The room can tell you then which side are you on here. Maybe okay. I could even sway Derek on this. Okay. okay. This I don't think this is going to be as contentious as maybe I hope it is, but I don't know if it's going. To be, okay? <laughs> so I hope it gets bloodied. Quite honestly, <laughs> I'm out on Craig Kimbrell if it's a five year deal. I also understand that there's two parallels here. There's the Twins. What what are they actually going to do parallel? Which almost certainly doesn't involve Craig Kimbrell unless it's March and he wants to sign a one-year deal or something. And then there's what would we do as the Touch Em All show if we ran the Twins parallel, which is sort of the parallel that we're going down here. Sure. So I'm out if it's five years. If it's three years or less, I am 100% in, and I will pay $20 million a year for Craig Kimbrell. Oof. 
So let me, Wait, let me flat much? state that right now. Say that again. I will pay $20 million a year for Craig Kimbrell if it's a three-year deal or less. Three and 60 plus an option for 20 on the fourth year. A team option. For the did you just put season. a fourth a fourth season in my yeah but no but you can you can decline it anytime you want a just team option. so you can okay. artificially say maybe give them two options hey we'll give you a hundred million dollar contract five years but the last two we have the out last we, two we and forty no. million is uh, exactly that's right. team option just so, so you can say the big Dan, number in the newspaper headline hundred million dollars Dan Hayes did say in his piece at theathletic.com that Kimbrel would likely want a contract with an an average an annual average of about twenty million dollars per season if he were to take a shorter deal. Yep. So it sounds so, like that's that's what the market will will be set at and that's settling for him. That's settling so. for a shorter deal. Mm-hmm. So 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 3 years and 20 million dollars a year doesn't cripple you as a franchise. It doesn't get you into a 6-7 year that you Darvish contract that went it wound up being 6 years I believe with the Cubs. Yeah. Okay, those are the types of deals that now you're into now you're, you know, half decade into this thing and and a guy's 35 years old as a starting pitcher. So I Three years is manageable if it blows up in your face. $20 million a year with how little you have on the books is manageable for me. But the main point I want to make is, and I've come around on this, I think we get so scared once a pitcher turns 30 and and we shy away from any sort of multi-year big money contract. And the majority of the time, that's correct. I think if it's a starting pitcher and he's 30 or 31 and he wants a five or a six-year deal, that's danger territory. You better be ready to win right now. I think the Twins are going to be ready to win a World Series if some of the it, a lot of this is contingent on some other stuff we're going to talk about later in the show. Right. But if if young players produce the way that you want them to, Byron Buxton, even to some degree, and Miguel Sano, this team will be ready to win in the American League, win big in the American League within the three year window of that Craig Kimbrell contract. But but the biggest the biggest epiphany I had was looking at some of the top flame-throwing, closer-type guys in the last 15 or 20 years. I wanted to know, when did they flame out? When did, was, was 31 to 33 years old? That's the window that we're looking at with a three-year contract for Craig Kimbrell. Is that a high-risk, volatile window? And so I went and I, I, I literally just pulled up a list of, and this is, you know, you could, you could fight me on this list too, but a list of closers in the last 15, 20 years who who racked up a bunch of saves were noteworthy were all star type closers because I think Craig Kimball is one of the great relievers of all time in the eight year window that he's pitched in or whatever it is so far. Trevor Hoffman, age thirty one to thirty three, lights out all star games, a uh, big time strikeout guy. He pitched another ten years after that too. By the way, he may have had a surgery in there after that age window. Mm-hmm. I think it was like thirty five when he did have a surgery. So worth noting. Mariana Rivera, who's on a different planet, but again, untouchable between 31 and 33. Durability was not an issue for another 10 years. He pitched into his 40s, right? K-Rod, Francisco Rodriguez, age 31 to 33. One of the top strikeout relievers in baseball, 60 innings per year. He was durable, two and a half ERA. He was classic K-Rod. Billy Wagner, Jonathan Papelbon, Troy Percival, all these dudes were lights out between 31 and 33 and pitched 65, 70. In fact, Billy Wagner threw 86 innings in his age 31 season with Houston. 80? 86 innings with Houston, his age 31 season. And then he also pitched very well in age 32, 33. So I'm not, I think we might be overstating the age risk in that 31 to 33 year old window for Craig Kimbrell. If you've made it this far and you've pitched for that many years and you're that good, 
it's less of a risk, I think, than maybe my perception was going into free agency before I actually went back and looked at some of the other potential comparables. Something sure. tells me, Derek, that you've compiled your own data to make your own argument against, Cra- against Craig Kimbrough. What was it that gave it away? <laughs> was, it, was it my stats team over here on my left shoulder that, uh, that put together this three-ring binder for me? Um, okay, where should we start? How about, I, how about I'm sorry, Phil. <laughs> I was wrong about yeah, Craig Kimbrell. No, 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 the no. No, 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 no. That's idea. not. No, I'm not ready to go there yet. If if that's the way the chips fall at the end of this, then you're going to get your apology. <laughs> Let me just first say that comparing any relief pitcher is dangerous. But if I'm going to do it, I'm glad you at least picked from these this like elite bin of all time closers because that is the company that Craig Kimbrell keeps for sure. Uh, we should definitely parse that out a little further, though, and say Mariano Rivera, the cutter. That's not Craig Kimbrell. Okay, throw him out. Trevor Hoffman, fastball changeup, different kind of pitcher. I think Trevor Hoffman was probably more of a flamethrower early, and then by the end he was if throwing talking, 85 miles an hour. I'd have to go sinker, back right? and yeah, I'd have to go back and look at his stuff and his charts and his velo and everything like that. But I know him as changeup guy. So maybe his 31 to 34 seasons. I don't know. Uh, who else was on that list? Billy Wagner, wasn't he a change-up guy? Like, Troy Percival, split, sink, that kind of just heavy, downward, untouchable movement. The The guy that kind of stands out closest to me, and even this isn't right, is K-Rod, fastball slider. Kimbrell's filthy fastball with high heat and curveball. So, a little unique in that way. So, I'm just... As we talk about the context of stats of elite closers throughout their and career. And pine tar on his hat. That's Let's not leave well, that out of the arsenal. And that's too. fine. Right. I'm yeah. sure everybody mm-hmm. was doing something. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> right. See, I, I don't know what any of those guys were specifically doing, but come on. Uh, so I, I just don't want to draw the line and say, like, look, the greatest of all times were good through 35. So this similar greatest of all time will also be good. That being said, I'm not saying Craig Kimbrell is going to be a bad pitcher. Injury risk is always a very real thing with pitchers. Scares you with starting pitchers, scares you with relievers. If you're signing him to a three-year, $60 million contract, Phil, you're basically paying for, what, 70, 140, call it 200 innings of elite relief. And you're hoping that for 60 to 70 of those innings, you're World Series relevant. That's where I sort of draw the problem in exactly what we saw in last winter. And here's point two. Point one is you you can't exactly apples to apples compare them to the elites of, of all time and say like, well, they age fine, he'll age fine, maybe. Part two is look at the banana spending spree that went on the relief market last year and tell me those teams still want a part of that contract. You look at the top relievers who went off the board last year and my handy stats team was kind enough to provide that for me, Rami. I knew he had a list, Phil. So this is why I was asking you about Brandon Morrow before the show, by the way. Starts off with your guy, Wade Davis, who, Phil, you and I stood at the mountaintop and shouted at the top of our lungs last year, the Twins should sign Wade Davis. Be serious about contending. Wade Davis, age 33, the Rockies gave him a three-year deal, $52 million. The richest relief contract last year. And signed it when he was 33, right? Still shy of your Craig Kimbrell contract, 3-60. and 60. I'm out, just to be clear, if Craig Kimbrell was 33, I'm out on the three-year $60 million thing. Okay. So that, that so three, the years moving matters. the goalpost age-wise does matter for me, yes. Having said that, Wade Davis is a contract the Rockies would like to have back. They, they don't, they, if you gave them an out right now, they'd take it. Same for 
some other guys on this list. The Rockies also signed Jake McGee, 3-27. and 27. Nine mil per. Brian Shaw, the Indians' longtime relief ace, goes to the Rockies for three and twenty-seven. I think there's might be just a Rockies common denominator <laughs> here. Yeah, <laughs> and that's fair, and that's fair. And, and then you those look, dudes aren't Craig Kimbrell too. Wade you, Davis is, but an older version of him. Yep, and two years. So here, I'll, I'll get to my point. I'll just say Brandon Morrow signed with the Cubs. Looked like a great deal. He got hurt. Rami, you were telling me elbow. Yeah. Required he, had a, surgery. he had an elbow problem, and they waited and waited and waited to see if rehab would solve it, and then they decided it was going to require sure. surgery. So I wonder if, in hindsight, pitching all seven games of the World Series maybe wasn't the you best think? plan maybe? of attack just before hitting the job market. Here's my point on comparing Wade Davis to Craig Kimbrell, and that is teams often in free agency pay for what somebody has done. What is their reputation? Craig Kimbrell, lights out, goat. But... What I'm curious to pay for is what will you do over the next three years? What is your likely projection? So that's maybe where we just differ a little bit, Phil, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be a knock them out, drag them out. But if I'm paying for the next three years of Craig Kimbrell, I'm not as confident that something like what happened to Wade Davis in Colorado wouldn't happen to Craig Kimbrell. And for that, I'm not willing to pay $20 million and potentially hamper myself for going out to buy somebody else later But then on. are you just out on free agency, period? Because I'm most out. guys don't hit free agency until they're 30 and the contracts become riskier. Well, Bryce Harper's 26. so that's, But that's rare that a guy gets called up when for he's sure. 19. I'm not out on free agency, period. But it scares me to go out and buy elite relievers and expect them to repeat that year after year after year under my employ. Because what I'd rather do, and I read this great piece, it was uh, Joe Sheehan, and I think it was originally in his newsletter, I tracked it down online, um, wrote, the goal in Major League Baseball now for the bullpen. Yes, you can acquire ace-level talent and just be like, okay, the Yankees, we're just going to go build a Super Bullpen. That's that's one route to take. But I think the smarter route to take for the Twins, who are going to try to be financially, let's say, stingy, this is to go find the next Wade Davis. Who is your Wade Davis who turns from maybe a failed starter or maybe adds another pitch and becomes a relief ace? I think that's going to be the more... Um, fruitful path for Minnesota than it is to go out and say, you've been Wade Davis for the last five years. Come on and join our team. You've been Craig Kimball for the last three years. I got a five-year, $100 million with a couple of options at the end of it. I think it could work out for the next team that does it, but if you're the Twins, I think the smarter thing is to try to make Fernando Romero that guy or Trevor May or whoever you currently have making find, 500 Find somebody grand. that failed as a starter. It doesn't even and, have to well, be cause that. Because that, that's kind of what Ray Davis was, right? Ray Davis yeah. failed as a starter and ended up becoming a lights out Andrew Miller was. That's what Josh Andrew, Hader was. Glenn Perkins. We yep. go on and on and down Joe this Nathan. list. Yeah. That's but, a great well, one. Well, most relievers, were, if you weren't a failed starter in the major leagues, you were a failed starter in college. or sure. I mean, It's pretty yeah. rare that, like, See, all right, 10-year-old, we're going to groom, groom my 10-year-old <laughs> kid, kid just be a one-inning burst guy. But I, Set up, man, I do, lefty specialist. I, I do think that's changing. Josh Hader never never yeah. failed at any level for the Brewers. They just they just thought he was more valuable in the role that, that they put him in, which was a guy they could bring in at any point Love in it. any game when they needed six to nine outs, six to nine crucial outs in high-pressure situations. They took one of their best arms, and a guy who succeeded at the minor league level called him up and said, he's going to be our ace, but out of the bullpen. Exactly. And I think more and more teams are about to go down that road. I think bullpens are about to be to baseball teams and are going to be valued by baseball teams much the way that for the entirety of baseball, 
starters and starting rotations were. For forever, like you said, Phil, and especially middle relievers, those are guys who weren't good enough to be starters and weren't and weren't good enough to be closers. Yeah. That that's what middle relievers were. They were guys who failed at at doing those two things because that's what everybody viewed as the most valuable guys on a pitching staff. Guys who would get the first 18 outs and guys who would get the last three outs and the nine or so outs in between. Well, let's just hope. Let's just yeah. let's just cross our fingers and pray. Yeah. I think that strategy is changing and bullpens are now becoming the new starting rotations in Major League Baseball, which is why I'm going to side with Phil on You're this in. one oh, no. and say that Craig Kimbrell would be a sound investment because sure. you're right. If everything well, works, you're, well, you're wrong. But yeah. well, he's, he's he's right in one aspect. That, Let me have this, Phil. He's right in one aspect that if everything works out perfectly, you're only com- contending for a World Series for a third of that contract that you proposed sure. for Craig Kimbrell, mm-hmm. and and that's if everything works out perfectly. But you're not going to put together a bullpen in one off season. And that's 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 going to be a process that's going to take two, maybe even three off seasons to build a lights out bullpen like what we've seen some teams contend with in the last few years. Yeah. It doesn't just happen in one off season. So go and get your cornerstone now, and then add the pieces around him that make that bullpen that that ace for you. That and I'm I'm saying that in quotations because of what we've known as an ace throughout the years. Your ace can be your bullpen, and that might be even better because you can bring that out each and every game. Yeah, it's I, I completely agree with build it over multiple years. You're not going to do it snap of your fingers and say, hey, you minor leaguers are a couple. Oh, this guy, Martin Perez, failed as a starter somewhat. So you're in the bullpen now. You can't do it in the flash. But to your point on Hader, I think that's exactly what the Twins should be trying to do. The Brewers didn't go buy Hader. True. They made Hader. I mean, of course, he deserves a ton of credit for becoming that type of pitcher. But they said, oh, no, we're going to try to get this guy pitching the maximum amount of high leverage innings this whole season, knowing that nobody can touch him. He's, I remember early in the season, he was like being kicked about. You'd know this better than me, Rami, from Milwaukee. Cy Young candidate in the National League. Yeah. Which is crazy. But here we are, 2018, 2019. I think that the Twins are going to try to, as best as they can, give their most important and highest leverage innings and the highest volume of innings to their best pitcher. So when I talk about the Twins pitching staff now, I don't necessarily draw out five starters and seven relievers. I'm thinking like one through 12, who do I trust? Who do I like? And there is a component of durability there. You, you can't just ask sure. Taylor Rogers to pitch 185 innings this year. But beyond that sort of simple designation, I, I think the Twins are going to look at this like, what's the best way to get 27 outs today and be ready to do it again tomorrow with our best pitchers pitching the most important innings? Manny, yeah. where do you fall on Craig Kimbrell? I, would... I need you, Manny. I need you. <laughs> <laughs> I need you. If it were me, I would do it. Okay. I would do it. <laughs> well, this if it's well. If it's three, if it's three, see, but... My issue is if it's three and sixty, I would probably want that third year to be an option as okay. opposed to a fourth year. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the likelihood of Kimbrell taking something like that, I think, is really, really slim. But if it were me, I would go three and thirty, but that third year being the option. So yeah. it's it seems like the only real difference. I mean, Wetmore and I, it's 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 actually fairly rare on the uh, the previous incarnations of Touch 'Em All when mm-hmm. we were just sitting in conference rooms doing podcast form, right. And I would say once every two months, it wasn't that often that you and I would disagree big time about something. Mm-hmm. 
And it seems like the gap here is you have doubts about how productive Craig Kimball is going to be between age 31 and 33, that you don't want to get stuck paying for how great he was up to age 31, and then all of a sudden he's something that's half as good as he was, and you're stuck paying full price. It's it's uncertainty. And and I feel much more certain that he's going to be great between 31 and 33. That's pretty much what the game is. I think you're just willing to take on a highly volatile stock and pretend it's perfect. (laughs) And and I'm here to acknowledge the risks in that strategy. So that's, that's really the only point of differentiation. To Phil's point, though, and I have already taken Phil's side yeah, in, the, yeah, in this debate, are. but he, to I mean, Phil's great point. Is what really <laughs> you, to say. you say that you can't you can't necessarily compare him to some of the greats that were on Phil's list. Yeah, between 2014 and 2018, the last five years, he has a 9.8 F WAR, the fifth most of all relievers with 250 more or more innings pitched. The only guys ahead of him are Dellen Betances, Araldis Chapman, Kenley Jansen, and Andrew Miller have provided more value in that span. That's a pretty good list to 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 be up there with. I mean, he he has been one of the better relief pitchers in this league, especially over the last five years of his career. Yeah. And he just dropped an F war reference That's on great. Touch Them All. Thank Rami, you. we love you. Rami we love Matt you for that. In the house. That's yeah. why you brought me? And let's be honest. Let's be honest with Kimbrel too. The chicken wing is awesome. It really. Yes. is. I, I love the chicken yes. wing. Like the intimidation. It's yeah, it the intimidation factor is real. He definitely has that. Why? It's, why does he do the? Do we know why he does the chicken have, wing thing? I have no idea. Baseball players are weird yeah i just remember that time he was pitching in he was pitching for the red sox i think in philadelphia or he might have still been with the braves at the time i can't remember but he was doing the chicken wing you know as he was getting ready to pitch <laughs> and the fans that were sitting the the phillies fans who were sitting right behind home plate were doing the yes, chicken wing too that's great the video of it it's fantastic it's hilarious. i'm not gonna give them ups all the time but that's that's a good what? Good on you, Phillies fans. What's weirder, the chicken wing Craig Kimbrell thing uh-huh. or the Edwin Encarnacion elbow up until he gets to the third base the parrot, coach when the he hits a home on his shoulder? Is that what that first, is? Yeah, yeah he's the or parrot, the, taking the parrot for a trip. Or remember Mike Fetters? When yes. Mike Fetters pitched for the Twins and he did the quick the quick head turn oh. when he was getting ready to, to uh, go into the stretch? Actually, Mark Grace, when Grace and Mike Fetters were teammates in Arizona, Mark Grace got into a game as a pitcher in like a 15-to-1 blowout. And he did the Mike Fetters thing on the <laughs> Yeah, bottom. I remember that. Yeah. One of the great impersonations That's of all time. So I did a quick Google search, Kimberl Chicken Wing. Yes. And uh, he said he used to keep his arm behind his back, but that became too painful five years ago. This article was written in. Sounds brittle to me. This article was written in 2015. <laughs> so that, so Wait, that goes back. so savage. That goes back to 2010. <laughs> he says, but that became too painful. And when the right hander had biceps tendonitis, so he started biceps holding tendonitis. it out. Hmm. Holding it out to the side and things evolved oh, from there. Man, God, something weird on my shoulder. God. Hey, $60 my million dollars can, can also buy to... you a lot of cortisone, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay? <laughs> well, or like cryotherapy or whatever it's going to take. I love that Derek's argument was just that the bicep is connected to the elbow <laughs> and the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Of course. Those are two of things. Of course, this is going to lead to major problems <laughs> Look, for I, Craig Kimbrough. Hey, Rami, I love that you dropped an F4 on us. Fangraph's war. Like, he's one of the best relievers from 2014 to 18, but I think you just backhandedly proved my point. I'm not paying for what Craig Kimbrell was in 2014. I'm out. Uh, if you want to go trade for a guy like Dylan Batances or call the Padres and be like, hey, are you contending this year? Because otherwise, what's this Kirby Yates dude doing? A guy I suggested the Twins trade for two summers ago. I would try to go get that next up-and-comer. Dylan Batances is on that list. He's certainly had his own problems, so maybe I'm not making that trade. I was just going to ask, is he back 
to being right because he was having some issues. If, even if, if you get somebody to say yes, ask them how sure are they that he's back because mm-hmm. I don't think you can say that with full confidence. But I, look, here's my hot take, and Twins fans are either going to love or hate this depending on whether you think I'm a homer or not. I think a guy like Trevor May legitimately could put himself into this conversation this year just because I am such a believer in Trevor May. I think Fernando Romero is an excellent pitcher. I think Taylor Rogers was quietly one of the best relievers in baseball last year. Nobody talks about it. I'm not saying they're going to have a lights-out superstar bullpen, but I'm saying I'd rather pay Taylor Rogers a million bucks or whatever it is than pay Craig Kimbrell 20 and cross my fingers. Plus that biceps tendonitis thing. I just can't. I'm not going to get past that. <laughs> you keep you can't put that, your huh? arm behind your back, and I'm going to ask you to throw it 99 <laughs> down the gut. Uh, like, I don't know, he 80 had innings bi- a year? He had biceps tendonitis in 2010. In 2010. Well. Listen, I've just spent the last five minutes actually uh, arranging travel plans for him to come visit and take a physical. So. <laughs> <laughs> so he missed done. Twins Fest, but maybe we'll just yeah. catch you in Fort Myers. It's a done deal. Let's touch them all on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. We uh, did not find very much common ground in this segment talking about Craig Kimbrell. Something I think we all can agree would be pretty good for the Twins. We'll talk about that next on Touch Them All here on Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com. Game time, all the time. Scorenorth.com. Let's touch them all. Score North on 1500. Scorenorth.com. This is your Twins show. We also have a T-Wolves show that is the uh, Raised by Wolves. Of course, Purple Daily, Purple Podcast, every day at noon here on Score North. You can find all of your team-centric shows at scorenorth.com or on your favorite podcast app and Purple Daily streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook every weekday at noon. But talking some twins with you in the middle of a polar vortex right now, just to make you feel a little bit warmer. If it's if if it's not actually baseball season outside, let's try and make it feel it is sunny. like baseball season. Yeah, did you see the tweet the twins put out earlier? That it's sunny. Out? The twins tweeted something to the effect of, "I wish I could find it real quickly here." Something to the effect of the temperature difference between Fort Myers and. and, and Minnesota. I don't need to see that. No, it was pretty good because the uh, the con it actually put in context like how much warmer it is there. Mm-hmm. I think they were trying to get people to go buy spring training tickets, but I I tweeted back at them and I said uh, so it's minus twenty eight in Minneapolis and sunny. It's cloudy in Fort Myers and sixty one, and I said hmm. Sunny in Minneapolis. Take that, Fort Myers. <laughs> <laughs> but Royce does assure me that the sun is coming out in the fort, so I guess I'm not sure where to take that. It do, I don't know about you guys. It does make me feel a little bit warmer just talking baseball, consuming baseball. And I've, I've been trying to get my hands on everything I possibly could, twins and baseball related, over the last week or so, just, just to make it feel like it's not 60 below. And uh, came across another piece. We were talking about Dan Hayes' piece at TheAthletic.com in the first segment. This one from Jim Bowden and his top 15 candidates for comeback player of the year mm. in Major League Baseball in 2018. And good news, Twins fans, you have three guys on that list. Good news? That's, well, three it's, guys. It's good news, hypothetically. It's also bad right. news that you had three players who were crappy and underachieving and made that list. See, I'm trying to look at the positive <laughs> yeah, side that's of things, right. guys. Rami, I love it. Optimism Mc, reigns. Miguel Sano is number seven on uh, Jim Bowden's list. Scrolling down, uh, Jonathan Scope. I was surprised to find him on there. Number 11 on the list of potential comeback candidates. And right, behind, right behind him at number 12 is Byron Buxton. 
Um, I, I think that we can all agree that the biggest payoff in terms of if one of these guys is comeback player of the year is Buxton or Sano. I, the, the ceiling is lower for Jonathan Scope, so I want to leave him out of this particular uh, conversation. No offense to Jonathan Scope, but I like to play a little game sometimes, a little Mad Libs okay. in, in this radio game. I'm going to ask you guys to finish this sentence. If Sano or Buxton is comeback player of the year, Phil, the Twins will win the division. Really? If the question is either or, either or, right? Yes. If either, if well, okay. Let me let me walk that back. Yeah. If mine's a little softer. Let me too. walk it back. <laughs> walk it back. <laughs> if either, if either or breaks out and becomes comeback player of the year worthy, they play in the wild card game. If both of them, bonus Mad Libs here. Okay. If both of them break out <laughs> the way that we've all been expecting and hoping for. My God, six or seven years? I mean, Miguel Sano is now 25, and we started following him when he was 16 or 17 years old. Right. He was in the twin system, so it's yeah. been almost a decade. And yeah, he, and he's showing you big-time power. But if both of those guys do what they're supposed but to do— But then they're both comeback player of the year candidates. Then they win the, the division. And, and do, you, do you want the, the, the stat nerd version of this? Yes. I'll take your F-war, and, okay. and I'll bring it to these two guys. So the best players in baseball— this is this is why baseball is a little bit different in that if you're if if you're an NFL team and you won five games but you stumble into Andrew Luck now you're an 11 win team I mean you can literally just you can go from top five pick to conference championship if you're the Cavs and you lose one player you go from being NBA championship caliber to number one overall pick baseball is not that simple individual players don't have as much influence over a 25 man right. roster because everyone comes to the plate 500 600 times. So the best players in baseball are only worth, I say only, 8 or 10 wins as opposed to 40 in the NBA with LeBron James sometimes. So Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, those are those are the two best position players in baseball right now. And those guys, according to War, are worth 9 or 10 wins above replacement. I think Buxton can be 6 or 7 if he figures it out. I think Snow can be, let's say, 4 if he figures it out. So let's say those guys figure it out. And you add ten wins to last. Just let's just simplify it. Ten wins to last year's total. You go from seventy-eight to eighty-eight, and that doesn't count pitching improvements if you can get there, and it doesn't count the fact that you brought in Nelson Cruz to be your DH, a guy who hits forty home runs a year, even in his upper thirties. So I legitimately think you could see a ten-win improvement if those guys figured out just based on Buxton and Sano. So if one of them is a comeback player of the year. Type a candidate or actually wins the award. You're saying wild card? Yes. And if both of them are comeback player of the year candidates, sorry, they're Indians. winning the division. Yes. Give me the sentence again. If Sano or Buxton, and you can throw the bonus in like Phil did, okay. that, that both of them have, have that type of bounce back year. But if Sano or Buxton are comeback player of the year, the Twins will finish that sentence, Derek Wetmore. Finish second in the American League Central by a comfortable margin. If both of them bounce back, they are contenders in the American League Central and could knock off the Indians after after the Indians have sort of run the division for a couple of years. I think even if both of them bounce back, there's no wild card hope for this team. This The American League is too good. You have to go through the Central. It's why I talk about the Indians so much, because you're not competing with the Boston Red Sox. I'm sorry, you're not there yet. It, and I don't think the Twins would really fight me on that. I think you gave them truth serum and said... What are the wild card odds for this team 
in 2019. They'd, they'd probably start listing off the great teams in the American League that will either finish first or second in their division. There's just too stiff of competition there. So I, I think the path to the playoffs is through the Central, and I think even if just if one of those guys bounces back, man, still a lot else would have to go right for the Twins to knock off the Indians. And if both of them do, that's a fun conversation. And that's what I think you're hoping for in 2019 if you're the Twins or if you're a Twins fan. Yeah, I, I'm with Phil. I'm a little bit more optimistic than you on this one, Derek. I mean, I'm usually Mister Optimism. I'm, I'm just trying to bring this one back to earth a little bit. The the American League is is very tough, and I, I'm not a gambler. I don't know what the odds are in Vegas, but I would guess that the odds of them making the wild card are probably lower than the odds of them winning the AL Central because there yeah, are, there are there are a lot of good teams around the American League, and let's be honest, one of those wild cards is probably an almost all likelihood coming out of the East with the Red Sox yeah. and the Yankees doing what they do out there but other than that i mean the a's are 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 a good baseball team but they're also the type of organization that that has sure spikes and 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 dips in terms of in terms of the types of seasons that they have they're, they haven't been the most consistent organization and i could see them taking a step back outside of that in the west you have the mariners who completely fell apart and turned on each other literally and it came to it came to blows in that in that locker room as as the season came to a close last year i don't see anybody else in the american league west that really scares me and after the yankees and the red sox I don't see a lot of teams in the American League East that really scare me. So it's hmm. you have a You're little a braver bit, man than I am. You Rami. have you have well, who scares you in the East? In the East, yeah, the Rays are a better team than the Twins right now. Right now, yeah. yeah. The in in the West, the Astros won 103 games last year. Well, yeah, I was the, I, I they're winning the, the division. The Astros went without even mentioning. Okay, yeah, and, I, and that's my fault. I'd even take the Angels and say I'm not saying they're better necessarily right now, but how can you 100 percent certainly? Say that the Twins are better than the Angels right the, now. The biggest, the biggest unknown factor here is if the Twins do get off to a good start. Sure. How likely are they to use? They've they've got resources, right? They've got, in theory, money to spend, which means they could trade prospects for a contract if they if they're in a position to in July. They could just straight up trade prospects for team control guy. And there's a lot of things they can do. They've built up a rack wall of young position players and pitchers. I think their one through twenty prospect pipeline list looks a lot better now than it did four or five years ago. Sure, it was top heavy four or five years ago when Buxton and Sano were on it. But this is this is a little bit more one through twenty, and I and so what, what we don't know sitting in here is Buxton Sano, big question marks. But even if those guys do throttle down and figure it out, what kind of a move would the Twins make in July to put themselves up over the Angels, up yeah. over the Rays, up over the? I don't think they're ever going to be in a scenario this next season where they're going to go up over the Red Sox or up over the, the Astros. That's well, unrealistic. Maybe they could trade for a guy like Manny Machado if they're in it in July. Maybe that's the time <laughs> to add a you did there. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Harper might be up for it. It depends how his new team's doing. I don't know. <laughs> Picking up on your sarcasm. Self. You're laying yeah, it on pretty thick. <laughs> I'll go ahead and finish the sentence. And yeah. you can at 651-646-8255. If Sano or Buxton are comeback player of the year, the Twins will... And I might be a little, even a little bit more optimistic than Phil. If one of those guys is comeback player of the year, then we're talking about playoff contention, whether it's yes. a wild card or, or battling with the Indians for the AL Central. If both those guys do it, and if they do it in in the biggest way that they can do it, this team might be good enough to constitute making a move at the trade deadline that 
puts you in the discussion of contender in the American League. Your your if, Justin Verlander trade it, right at the August if deadline. Both if both those guys bust out, and if Jonathan Scope, the other guy on this list, also busts out, I think we're talking about a much much better Twins team than any of us will expect going into the season. Okay, what if those guys bust out and you've signed Craig Kimbrell to a three-year $60 million contract? What, what about that scenario? Had to come back down that road, I didn't, didn't you? see your tweet till just now, Rami, but Rami retweeted me. I said, hey, I just fought with Rami, Phil, and Manny on, on reliever contracts, and Rami quote-tweeted me and said, Derek left this out, but he lost the fight. <laughs> I missed that till just now. Very nicely done. Very nicely it was, done. It was, I wouldn't call it a TKO, but it, it was a decision. At Definitely. the very least, hey, hold on. Can I can I hijack this for a second? Please. You've put down for two straight weeks that you've wanted to talk about Williams Astadio. I love Rami. the dude, man. Can we do that when we come? Yes, back? can <laughs> we okay. please? Okay, let's talk about Williams Astadino. Astadio, I should. I'm so excited, I can't even say his name. That's a great nickname. That's next. Uh, touch a ball on Score North on 1500 and ScoreNorth.com. Minnesota sports junkie, get your fix. ScoreNorth.com. <laughs> Touch them all on Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com. Talking some twins. I'm Robbie Mackloff along with Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore. Score North Live with Matthew Collar yelling at more people is coming up at 2 o'clock here on 15. Is that what he's going to do today? Just crack open the mic and start <laughs> shouting? Start Gold words, man. Yeah. Gold words. <laughs> he was really, really not pleased with the hot. the audience participation, including including my participation in a Twitter thing he tried to do. He was kind of doing it something similar to what we just did, finished yeah. that sentence, sure. talking about the Super Bowl halftime show and asking people for the hard-hitting questions that they would ask Maroon 5. And he was expecting humor and was getting like real... Sincere, legitimate. What would you ask Adam Levine if you were given the opportunity? Wait, wait. wait. So people, people had legit questions that they would ask. Either that, or five. Either that, or they were attempts at humor that that fell flat in Matthew's eyes. Mine was. Uh, I responded. And I said, "Do you really have moves like Jagger?" Yeah, I, sure. right. I would want to know. It's a bad joke. I did I hear it. you admit on Purple Daily today that yeah. that as Judd ranted about Maroon Five, I don't hate him. That you're. Yeah, you're kind of him. you're kind of in on Maroon. I'm not 5. A, I'm not like a Maroon Five guy. I don't I don't go I'm out. I'm Levine is talented. I don't go out and seek Maroon Five. But if Maroon <laughs> Five comes my way, I don't I don't turn it away. I, I'll 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 dance around a little if bit in my car. If it's summertime and you got the windows down, you pull up to a stoplight next to a couple other cars. Do uh-huh. you roll the windows up if Maroon Five is playing? Might, do you turn might, the volume down or I do might, you leave it as? I might just turn it down. I might, <laughs> I might just turn the Maroon Five down and just turn Score North on fifteen hundred. Oh, <laughs> So I seem really, really manly. I'm listening to sports. Nothing but sports. Twenty four seven. Checks in the I'm a mail. guy. So Checks in the mail. I uh, I have a little lead in for this for this Astadio. Yeah. I want. I'd love for you to just have time, Rami, yeah. to express your love if mm-hmm. that's what you're going to do here. It but, is. But is it fair to say, Derek? Just going around the room here, and yeah. Manny too is. Is it fair to say that Williams Astadio has a chance to be more than just oh he's this funny kind of bit guy that may or may not make the roster? So I look at the direction baseball's headed. Record strikeouts, record swings and misses, and and teams are apparently fine with that. And and teams have teams have hitters who have no ability to beat the shift. And so guys like Logan Morrison are just fading out of baseball, right? Right. Okay. What's the opposite of all that? A dude who can who can by the way play about eight different positions if you need him to, who can just put the ball in play. I think there's value in just putting the ball in play 
if you can hit the ball hard and drive it somewhere, which he has shown the ability to do. I, I actually think he has a chance to be a guy that you would put on and give meaningful innings to, maybe not as an everyday starter, but as a guy who's your super utility, off the bat, uh, off the bench bat, and a guy who can maybe make an impact as your tenth your tenth guy on offense. Yeah, I mean, I I think as long as you frame the context correctly, of is he going to be the most important hitter in the lineup? No, I don't think he's going to have the same success this year that he had last year offensively, and that's fine because. He's got a long way that he could still fall and still be a useful player for the Twins. But yeah, I think I think Will Ians has a bit of an uphill battle to make the twenty five man is, is roster. That we're calling it Will yeah, Ians. Yeah, well, you, you got Astadino in there, and I don't I don't know. He goes by like La Tortuga. They call him like the turtle. What does that mean? The oh, turtle. Okay. And I, All right. Sure. I guess the if the shoe fits. Yeah. I think he has a chance to be more than this bit player for sure. Like I think he can be a valuable contributor on a roster. But I'm not ready to say he'll be the Twins, you know, third most important player this year. He's he's a backup catcher who can stand in other positions with a glove on his hand, or he can DH. The the bat to ball skill is real. It's that's there. That's present. Is he going to be able to get on base enough? Can the power continue to play? That's what I'm going to be looking for. For how valuable can he be for the Twins? Uh, not just can he make the roster because I think he can, but. Is he going to be an impact player for them? Uh, we will see. What were the the expectations for him as oh, he none. as he came up through the system? Oh, none. None, none was, whatsoever. I had no idea who he was until minor league free agent signed last winter to no fanfare, no acclaim. We didn't write about him. I was talking to somebody on one of I used to these weekly uh, Friday Facebook chats on on my MLB page. Yeah, and somebody said, "Have you checked out this guy's stats profile yet? And if not, why?" So I look him up, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's kind of weird. Never strikes out, never walks, swings at everything. First two pizz up there hacking, and over the next six months, he basically burst onto the scene as the internet's favorite baseball player. It's not like somebody we've been watching for years and years and years. It was he came out of nowhere in a season that the Twins needed something fun to happen. Didn't he make his debut against the Brewers last uh, season? Oh, it was Cubs. the Cubs. That's right. That's Your right. Cubs, I knew it was a game I had a vested interest in. Were for you one watching this game by chance? Yes. So, and I instantly fell in love with the dude. <laughs> Didn't he come screaming around third base and his helmet flew off and he, he, and he scored that. the game-winning run? That is when he became solidified as the Internet's favorite baseball player. I've never been so excited to see a guy score the game-winning run <laughs> against my favorite baseball team. Like I couldn't help but smile and clap. He because looked like, he looked like Super Mario running around third yes. base. He, it was it was awesome. He looks like Bartolo Colon's love child is yes. what yeah. he looks like. Which are we sure he's not? I was going to say what we know about Bartolo Colon's personal life that might be a possibility, but the, I, the age gap is is fine, right? Twenty seven and forty five, right? It, it works. Actually, could happen. It works. Um, I don't want to put it out there because that that is I don't, that's that's not uh, honest or or fair reporting, but it, it works. The math there works. I love two things about Williams Astadio. One is that I like flair in the game of baseball. I love the celebrations. I'm not old school, unwritten rule book guy. And what Williams Astadino did in the Venezuelan League when he hit that game winning home run. It was about, what, three weeks ago now? Maybe a yeah, month? Yeah. If you haven't seen it, just Google or go to YouTube and search Astadio Home Run Celebration, and you'll find it very easily because it was 
very very well viewed by by the uh, social media and digital world. That celebration was everything for me as a baseball fan. That yeah. celebration was everything I've ever wanted in a home run celebration. You're a flair guy. I am. I love it, and and I have a real problem with anybody who doesn't, who yeah. just wants the game to be vanilla and boring, and guys to hit home runs, put their head down, and run around the bases Dude, as fast as they can. Imagine if in, it, baseball is a little bit like soccer, and it's this marathon grind of a season, and you know, games are relatively low scoring for the most part. And you've got some superstars who pop. Imagine if in soccer, if the top players weren't allowed to slide around and pull their jerseys over their heads, or if that happened and, oh, you better watch your back. I'm going to kick yep. a ball I'm in your face. I'm going to buzz you under your chin. <laughs> the other yeah. thing I love about Williams Astadio is I, I'm still I'm still a pretty heavy set guy, but I was a big boy growing up. I got up to 320 at one point and, and dropped some pounds, but... Growing up as a big boy, I always took interest and a rooting interest in big boys who were doing things that big boys shouldn't do in the world of sports. You know what I mean? Like fat running backs like Craig Ironhead Hayward, Jerome Bettis. Those are my favorite guys to watch. Big boy athletes were always, as a big boy growing up, always one of my favorite things in sports. I loved, like I said, watching Williams Astadino. Astadio, I'm going to keep on doing that. We should stick with it. Scream I like around it. third base with his helmet flying off and that glorious hair flapping in the wind was just just a joy for me to see. I am rooting for Williams Astadio probably as hard, if not harder, than I am for anybody in the Minnesota sports market. I really <laughs> I really want to see this dude do some big things. And my question to you guys is, how much do you think of what he did in the Venezuelan League is is real and, and how does it translate to Major League Baseball? Because like you guys said, high strikeout rate earlier on in his career, he had a one and a half percent K rate in the Venezuelan league and finished second in MVP voting to Delman Young. Yeah, he probably led the league in fewest strikeouts per plate appearance. I would, I would guess. Yes, he did. So, just a quick point on your uh, big boy athletes yes. doing things big boy shouldn't do. I pulled up Phil Miller's uh, post game blog from that game that you're talking about. Where he came streaking around third base. Phil says, he writes on the startribune.com. Okay, so he's not Usain Bolt. You have to give Astadio credit, though, for chugging along as fast as he could. Quote, I just wanted to show that chubby people also run. (laughs) (laughs) He's a hero to us. End quote. (laughs) To to your point on the uh, VWL, though, I think that there's some thought out there that the pitching was maybe a little light this winter. So it's not to discredit by any means what Astadio did, which was put up numbers in a winter league where there is legit competition. At the same time, Phil, I think you have your you the book is pretty much written on Delman Young in your mind. You've decided what you think of him. And Delman Young this tore is, up is, that is, lead. Is is anyone unsure of what they that's think right, of Delman Young? That's, that's exactly point? right. Jerry's I mean, still out on just, Delman you Young. You know, you covered him. I, I know yeah. that's like a and clearly not the career that Twins fans were hoping when they made that trade. Like, but if he was a more fun version of Delman Young and he was your bench bat, sure, and oh. he could actually play uh, some positions. Here's my point: I'd be, is that I'd be in on that. Delman Young won the MVP. Astadio finished second. If that's your expectation, then hey, good, great, great winter and come to spring and make the team. But if your expectation is okay, Twins MVPs will be Nelson Cruz, 
Byron Buxton and Williams asked to deal, I'm probably pumping the brakes on that conversation. But the difference there is, not, I don't want to overstate what a Venezuelan League MVP runner-up type season means when it comes to Major League Baseball. I'm not, I'm not trying to sure, overhype sure. this, but Delman Young, I think we can all agree the arrow is pointing yeah. down on Delman Young's career, whereas with Williams asked to he's still young enough that the arrow is pointing up. You would think that there's still improvement in his game. I don't think he hasn't hit his ceiling yet necessarily. So are you guys telling me, that there is little to no hope that Williams Astadio could be a regular everyday player. Is well, there a hole on this roster in the everyday lineup on a day to day basis where it, they could find question. a spot for him? I mean, where does he play? That's that's my question. If you tell me where he plays, then we'll talk. But I see that that Chicago game at Wrigley. That was like I think it was 169 degrees in the in the shade <laughs> that day, and so the Twins lost like three four guys to dehydration and that dizziness. was the same game. That's right. So Astadio goes worried out about there. Him as he was his running major, around this third. guy. Okay, so he just said he wants to show the chubby people also can run. He stands out there in center field for his major league debut. I mean, I know this guy's versatile, but he's not a center fielder. Let's no. let's agree on that. So I start looking around the diamond, and I'll kick it back to you guys, Manny, if you want to chime in. I don't see where he fits in even in – if any position is open, it would be, what, like third base because you're not sure about Sano or a corner outfield spot maybe. Maybe C.J. Crone doesn't lock down first – I'm not sure. I just don't see a spot where he fits in perfectly as your starter, and that includes catcher. But that's right. He does fit in perfectly as the guy who fits in when, when you just want to give breathers or when someone hits the 15-day DL or when Max Kepler decides that he's like apparently he's just going to be a fourth outfielder and not live up to the hype, right? Um, I'm actually going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put him in the same sentence as someone that he does not belong in the same sentence with, except for this one thing. Okay. Just to put into context, how great he is at this one thing, which is not striking out. It's a very hard thing to be great at in 2019 major league baseball. Absolutely. So Mike Trout is the best hitter in baseball this this last five years, okay? Mike and Mike Trout are the best overall player. You could argue that Mookie Betts is a better hitter right now, but Mike Trout's in that mix. Mike Trout still strikes out 20% of trips that he takes to the plate. So one in every five times, the best hitter in baseball strikes out. Babe Ruth, in an era where strikeouts were much less prevalent, but Babe Ruth struck out 13% of his trips to the plate, okay? Joe DiMaggio is known for a lot of great things, including his choice in supermodels, right? But he's also known for never striking out. Joe, Joe DiMaggio, uh, one of the great players of all time, One of the, if you're going to list the three things that he should be known for, never striking out is one of them. 4% strikeout rate in his career. Williams Astadio, if you include all of his professional baseball, last year in the major leagues, minor leagues, Venezuelan winter league, 3% strikeout rate. (laughs) He has a better strikeout rate or contact rate, whatever you want to call it, than Joe DiMaggio, far better than Babe Ruth, and far, far, far better than Mike Trout. I find that to be amazing. Williams, Jolton, Astadio. I think I think we we've probably come it's up your with about stat five of the week different. right there. Yeah, exactly right. Jolton Williams asked to He's got a shot, man. He sure is a lot of fun. The Twins really needed that shot in the arm last year. I'm holding my breath on the MVP talk, but I want to see him make the roster out of camp. That was seriously one of the first things I thought while well, I was thinking about the Minnesota Sportsy when I got that job when I got this job and I was like, Oh, that Astadio dude is there. This is gonna be fun <laughs> to watch. In, and it. we're gonna be talking baseball in January. That's what we're doing on Touch Em All Score. North on 1500scorenorth.com. If you missed any of the show, check out the podcast at scorenorth.com. That's Derek Wetmore. That's Phil Mackey. I'm Robbie Makloff. Talk to you next time.